Hey, what's going on, guys? Welcome back to another episode of Starting Point. Uh, if you listened to last week's episode, you listened to Pastor Nate give his story of him getting into ministry and all the time that I spent under his youth ministry back when I was a youth student. And this week, I have the privilege of actually speaking with his wife, um, Pastor Megan Jones, how are you doing? Good. How are you? It's such an honor to be here today and be able to talk about ministry and see you walk out your ministry. Mm-hmm. Um, it's such a joy and an honor to see people that we have mentored and help and walk through life with actually do what God's called them to do. Yeah. All those times I spent, again, say the same stuff with Nate, all that time I spent in the youth room yeah. at this church. Being in this church in general with you guys was just, mm-hmm. was just amazing. Yeah, and I, seeing you cultivate your gifting and worship, too, mm-hmm. it's just it's been an honor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, this is fun. I'm glad you decided to do this. Thank you for your time mm-hmm. agreeing to be on this podcast. So Thank you. I really appreciate it. Thank you. So, starting off, um, well, first off, how are you? How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. good. Um, it's a weird time for ministry because it's yeah. different. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's pulling us out of our comfort zone, which is good because yes. it's pulling out those dormant giftings that are inside of us mm-hmm. and making us um, really rely on the Holy Spirit yeah. um, through this time and really dig into our word even more than what we normally would to be able to minister to people around us. And it makes us reach out and connect with others in our congregation more. Because we know if we're mentally suffering from this pandemic, then they are too. Yes. And so we have to make sure we're reaching out and we're pouring into them even more so than we normally would, I guess, the used to be normal, mm-hmm. you know? But just <laughs> making sure that we're, we're doing our part as ministry leaders of not only reaching out to them, but also in our family life. Making mm-hmm. sure we're staying connected to Jesus and the Spirit. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. Good. So how's your, your week been okay? Good week so yeah, far? Yeah, yeah. Um, well, I work in a cardiologist office too, so it's oh. um, it's a little different yeah. um, right now. Um, just like with seeing patients and stuff. So I'll be glad when things calm down and kind of go back to somewhat normal. Mm-hmm. Um, because it's just, yeah. yeah. It's crazy busy. <laughs> <laughs> how's Mateo doing? He's doing good. Mm-hmm. Growing. He's learning a lot. Um He's oh my gosh, he just so much fun. Yeah. So much fun. Two year two and a half is like the best age because he's learning to be more vocal mm-hmm. and he's learning things and um we we're trying to teach him, you know, about Jesus and stuff. Yeah. And um and he's getting to where he'll say amen after we pray oh. and he's starting to lift his hands and say praise <laughs> Jesus. So it's like those little things. It's like, Oh my gosh, like you're so cute. Yeah. <laughs> he really is. He's a great kid. Thank you. <laughs> So, tell us what you do, Megan. I'm the worship pastor here at Grace. Okay. Um, I lead worship. I try to pastor the people that are on the team. Mm-hmm. Um, I just try to, in the area of music, you know, just try to pull giftings out of people. <laughs> yeah. I will say you are really, really awesome at what you do. Thank you. I've been watching you do what you do for about five, six years now. Yeah. I, I love Thank it. Thank you. Thank you. So how long have you been in, doing that? In ministry? Yes, how long? Um, I was 17 mm-hmm. when I started. 
being a worship pastor. I had been a part of worship teams. I had led worship in youth. I had done those types of things. And at the time, you know, it was actually here at Grace that I started. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is where I grew up. This is my home church. Um, I had gone um, to another church for a couple of years during my teen years. And that's how, you know, I knew Pastor and Amy before mm-hmm. that, but they were my youth pastors at the other church. And so that's how, like, our, our relationship even bloomed even more. Um, but I came back to Grace because God was leading me here, telling me that I needed to come back. And I didn't know why, but I came back and I just started serving in the youth. Um, and I was 17. It was like the coming right out of my junior year of high school. So um, I came back in April. Um, and I didn't know why because I'm like, why? Why am I going back? You know, and God was like, just go. There's a purpose. Go. And I told my parents this, and they're like, what? Like, you're going to come back here? You're at this other church? And I'm like, I, I know. This is crazy. Like, but I need to come back. I need to come back. And um, and they're like, okay, you know, if you've prayed about it and you feel it, then just come. And at the time, the youth pastor that was here and his wife, um, his wife led worship. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I think it was like the end of May, the beginning of June. And um, I was like, man, I really want to, you know, serve in worship and all this stuff. And God was like, you know, just wait, just wait, just wait. You know, like you've been gone for a while. You need to prove yourself. You know, like you need to just sit and be fed. And then, you know, then, you know, I'll make a, a way for you to become, you know, mm-hmm. you know, a worship leader. And I'm like, okay, God. And so it was in August of that year. Um, they resigned. The worship leader resigned. And literally, the pastor at the time that was here, after that service, that Sunday morning service, he said, hey, will you come to me in my office? And I'm like, yeah, sure. And so he was like, so um, I was wondering if you'd like to be a worship leader here. And I was like, okay. I was, I was like, let me pray about it. And I knew that I was supposed to, but I was like, let me pray. Let me make sure this is what I'm supposed to do. Like, I don't want to get in <laughs> over my head. And it's so crazy because it was like a pivotal moment. Like he saw something in me that at the time I didn't feel confident enough that I was to be in my head. I was still a teenager. I was like, that's the main sanctuary worship. Yeah. You know, like they're entrusting me to lead these older people into worship. And I'm like, there's no way. And at the time, like I didn't know, like I didn't, I had no like, instrumental abilities I had taken piano when I was like little but I didn't really know how to play Mm -hmm. and I'm like how I just learned harmony I mean just learned harmony and I'm like how am I going to teach these people harmony and how am I like I have no because the worship leader at the time the youth pastor's wife Mm -hmm. she played keys and so like I I had no main instrument to like I'm like oh my gosh I want to teach myself piano and so in that moment like that week I learned five songs on the keyboard and I played those five songs for a month until I could build up my repertoire. We played, we did the same songs for a month until I could build <laughs> up um, my repertoire. And, and I'm coming from a small church. Like this, it needs to be smaller back then than it is now. Mm-hmm. And so, um, and so we just played those five songs. And I mean, people here have a heart of worship. And so it was like new to them every single time. And I think they were just excited to see a young person walking in their calling. You know, and so they were like so patient and gracious with me, which I'm so thankful for. But in that moment, I'm like, I'm 17 years old, you know, and that he would see that in me and want to pull that out of me. Because I told him, I was like, I don't, I don't play an instrument. And he was like, so learn, 
Mm. And I was like, okay. And so, like, I just sat down and I just looked up. I just got on the internet and looked up these chords and learned fingering positions on the keyboard. And I did easy, like, the key of C, like, you know, <laughs> the easy chords. And I was like, okay, like, God, I can't do this on my own. I need you to help me. And I had, I was the youngest one, like, on, like, there was other people that could sing and that were part of the worship team, but I was the youngest one and I was leading them. And I was like, God, I can't do this alone. Like, you're going to have to help me because I'm, and it comes to mind, the scripture in First Timothy. All right. Um, let me look at, let me find it. I don't know if I saved it. Oh, yeah, it's First Timothy 4. 12. It says, let no one despise your youth, but be an example to the believers in your, in your word, in your conduct, and love, in your spirit, in faith, and in purity. Um, and so, let no one despise your youth. And I had people at that time that they were not comfortable with someone being younger leading them. And I stuck to that scripture because I'm like, let no one despise because the enemy, even though there were godly people, the enemy was working to try to discourage me mm-hmm. through them. And I was like, let no one despise because of your youth. Let no one despise what I've called you to do, Megan. Let no one think you're too young because I've put a gifting and calling on your life. I've put an anointing on your life. And I'm telling you, the anointing that God has put on my life, and I'm not saying this boastfully, mm-hmm. humbly I say, I have fought. I have fought against the enemy. Mm-hmm. Since day one. I mean, I was born almost, I mean, I had a lot of hearing loss when I was born. And so it was like immediately the enemy tried to take, I mean, if he can take your hearing, he can take your voice, you know? And so from the beginning, he's tried. And um, and I almost gave up. I mean, there was some tough months that I was leading people that were older than me in that sanctuary. And I had to get over, give it over to God. And God took care of it. He did. And, um, and he... Because I stayed faithful in word and conduct and love and faith that God blessed that. God took it and was like, look, and he exposed what was going on, mm-hmm. you know, and he honored me for staying faithful to him and just trusting in him. All right. Wow. I know it's a lot. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. I like it. Thank you. Man, so since you were, <clears throat> sorry, 17. 17. I think that's around the age. I think I was like 16, 17. That was around the time I started doing yeah. worship with you guys. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, I connect with that too. I connect yeah. with that a lot. Yeah. So tell me this now. The big, This is the big meat portion of the podcast. Okay. Your story. <clears throat> and I think you just touched on a lot of it just now. Yeah. So tell me your story because everyone's story is different. This is why I love this so much because everyone's story of coming into ministry they're all different, but they're all kind of the same. And I love hearing each individual story of how people got into doing what they're doing. So tell me your story from what you were doing before you got into this position, all you were doing, um, where you were, all that stuff from the beginning up until now, everything in between. Okay. So, so when I was 17, I started leading worship mm-hmm. here. Yeah. And, um, and that was going right into my senior year of high school. And so I led during my senior year of high school. My plan was to go to master's commission right after uh, my senior year. Okay. Um, but the pastor at the time, he was like, hey, would you possibly stay another year? Just commit another year to me until I can find a worship leader. Hmm. And um, 
I was like, yeah, sure, that, you know, like, that's fine, you know, I'll, I'll wait a year, and he was like, thank you so much, you know, like, I was just, you know, like, I just, I trusted him, you know, like, he, he was prayerful about decisions, too, and I knew they, I didn't want to leave them high and dry. Yeah. So, during that year, I picked people to, I saw giftings inside of them, and I started pulling it out. I was like, okay, this can be the piano player when I leave, this can be the lead worship leader this can be this person and I started pulling out those things and making them start lead on their own making them do things so they wouldn't be without when I left and so Mm -hmm. basically that year was like just teaching and molding people mentoring them and then after that year I went on to master's commission in Phoenix Arizona um, with frontline worship and so I did a year there our master's commission actually moved the next year to dallas texas we planted a church in dallas texas called relevant church and then um i felt the lord leading me differently um i knew i wanted to be a master's commission but i felt like i wasn't supposed to be in that program anymore mm-hmm. um, that specific one master's commission usa and so um my best friend mary at the time she was at clearwater master's commission and she was like look our worship leader for masters just left and um because i'd already talked to her like a week previously um and i was like hey i think i don't think i'm supposed to be here in dallas anymore mm-hmm. and i think i'm supposed to i i think i was supposed to go to clearwater but you know like there's nothing like that y'all already have worship leaders and stuff so i don't know like you know like i don't i don't want to step on anybody's toes or anything and literally like the worship leader for the master commission left the next week. She's like, look, oh. our worship leader left. Like, we just talked about this. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. And so um, I talked to the director and, and told him I was interested. And so I went my third year to Clearwater Master's Commission. I was their uh, worship leader for masters there. Um, and um, I also was, like, the associate worship leader for the church. Like, I helped. I was right under the worship pastor, Kenny Philobom there, and which I learned a lot from. And I stayed at Clearwater and during the year of me being the worship leader for Masters there, I became the worship leader for their young adults um, called 3C. And um, and so I just kept leading. Like after Masters, my third year, because we had three years, I just kept leading for young adults there. And for the main worship in the main sanctuary, I just helped out there. And so I was there for like two more years doing that. And that's where me and Nate met. Wow. And we got married. And um, then after that, uh, we went to, God called us to another church in Florida, and we were associate pastors there for about 10 to 11 months. And then we moved to Georgia, and we went through a season of just sitting for a little while. And um, then we became the youth pastors at another church here in town. Mm-hmm. And we were there for, and I helped with worship there and did the youth worship. And that was two years or so there. And then we came back, we came to Grace. Mm-hmm. And I never thought I would be back at Grace. <laughs> never. It's not a bad thing. It's just I never thought, you know, once I left, I thought I would always be gone. Mm-hmm. But um, I, we came back and I helped with worship. I wasn't the worship leader at the time. And me and Nate um, became the youth pastors here. And then then I became the worship pastor again, so... I've been in a, t- a capacity of ministry, whether I was helping or leading since mm-hmm. I was 17. So that's how wow. we got about, yeah. <laughs> I don't, I mean, even when we were seasons of sitting, we were helping mm-hmm. in some capacity of ministry. Yeah. Um, 
but it's been awesome. Learned a lot of things. Learned a lot of things of what to do and what not to do. Mm -hmm. um, it's just, it's been awesome. Like, I never, I mean, I knew. So, let's back up a second. Right. I was probably like 14, <laughs> and um, it was at a youth camp, and um, the God was like, you're going to be a worship leader. And I'm like, mm-mm, I'm not. I'm not going to do ministry. Um, but I knew I was supposed to. I knew the giftings that God had put inside of me. Um, but one thing I have lacked in was confidence and using those gifts with authority in a sense of spiritual authority. Um, because, like I said earlier, it was a constant fight mm -hmm. against um, even people that were older than me in leadership. Just, I don't know, felt threatened by the anointing on my life. Um, and so a lot of times it was just fighting through those times of mental for me, of like, maybe I'm not called to do this. If it's such a fight, then why do it, you know? Yeah. And just surrendering that to Jesus and being like, look, the enemy has no power over me. He has no power over the calling that you put on my life or the anointing you put on my life. I surrender it over to you and I'm tired of fighting this constant battle. That doesn't mean I don't have moments of where it's, friction with the enemy over mm -hmm. certain things in ministry but I just rely on more on the Lord and not get in Megan's head you know yeah. and not let Megan decide things and let the Holy Spirit lead and guide all right cool that was a great story that was, oh, I didn't you. know that you had went through all of all of that I didn't know you went to Texas and yeah. Arizona and all yeah. that stuff and then eventually just made Basically, a, a big, big circle, circle back to Grace. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Man, that is awesome. Mm -hmm. So, in the midst of all of that, of all of the ministry you've done, what has so far been the greatest reward that you've gotten from it? What's been the most rewarding thing that you've received from it? The most rewarding thing, I think, is not only seeing people fully surrender their life to Jesus, mm -hmm. but seeing people that didn't see the God potential in themselves mm -hmm. and seeing them operate in the God potential and tap into those callings and those giftings that they didn't think they were capable of and seeing them blossom and bloom and go into ministry and do things that are just phenomenal and just blow your mind. Um, I have one of my best friends, his name is Michael, and... He was my drummer at the time when we first started here at Grace when I was 17. Mm -hmm. and we were best friends. And he was just going through struggle of life. And I'm like, you know, you're called to more than this. Like, surrender your life. You are called to more than this. Like, you are more than what Jessup, Georgia is. Like, mm. you need to surrender your life. You need to go to Masters. You need to. And he did. And, I mean, he's like one of the, has one of the biggest churches in Florida and is mm -hmm. a middle school pastor. You know, like. Just seeing that God potential in them and just encouraging them. Like, you are more than what the enemy is telling you you are. You're more than what the enemy has spoken over your family. You are more than that generational curse. You are more than what you think you are. God has put something inside of you, the anointing he's put inside of you, and you are called. And just start calling out those things. 
prophesying. That's what yeah. it is. Like uh-huh. prophesying over them. Like you are called to do this. You will not let the enemy stop you. You will not let generational curses stop you. We break those off in Jesus name. You know, just start professing that over them. And once it starts happening, it's like that faith builds in them and just seeing them operate and everything God has called them to do. I mean, it is just, it's a mind blowing because yeah. you see this person that was so broken and felt so unworthy and felt so like they didn't have anything to bring. And then they surrendered that to Jesus and they see that Jesus has so much more to offer mm-hmm. and he has everything to bring <laughs> out of you. And when you see them operating that, I mean, there it's indescribable. Like words can't express. Like literally you feel, I, I feel sometimes in my, like my chest, like, like my heart like jumps out of my chest when I see people operating in the giftings and callings that God has put on their life. And when they walk in the anointing and they allow God to move, God takes some places that you wouldn't even imagine. And when you see them, when God has built the platform, they'll stand. Mm-hmm. When we build the platform, we fall. Yep. And so when we allow God to build that platform in humility, he will let you shine. And when I see that, it is like, I mean, it brings tears to my eyes because they thought they couldn't. But God said, yes, you can. Yes. You know, and to see that and let them walk it out is, it's beautiful. It's what we're supposed to do. We're called to make disciples, mm-hmm. not hoard them. So many churches want to hoard the disciples to themselves, you know, because they're like, well, they're our guitarists. They're this, they're that. No, God called us to make disciples and then send them out. Yes. You know, and so when I see them sent out, I'm like, man, they're going to accomplish so much more. Like when I take a, when I see a person and I'm like, they're called to worship and they might be a young person. I want them to far exceed anything I ever do because I want the anointing to be stronger than what it is for me. Mm-hmm. I think we, we want, we want to see the God potential. We take, we see our potential and we're like, oh, we can only do so much. Yeah. But when we see the God potential in them, what God has called them specifically to do, they will accomplish so much more if we allow God to do it instead of us. And so we, all we do is we disciple them and we send them out. And we disciple them in sound doctrine, with the word of God, with worship, and then we send them out. Mm-hmm. And if we do that, we've done our part. That's the main that's the main thing for ministry. It's not about us. It's not about building our platforms. It's about building God's platform. Mm-hmm. And when we do that, we disciple, we send out. Disciple, send out. Disciple, send out. Wow. You're right. That's good. And also with all of that, to add on to that question, what has been the biggest challenge you've had to overcome? And how did you overcome it or how are you still doing it? People. People. And, you know, that's crazy to say because people are what makes ministry. Mm-hmm. But people, man. I know. People can be a pain in the rear. Let me tell you. I know. Especially if they're, they're not operating under the spirit. They're operating under flesh. And they will butt heads with you. And they will do and say such hurtful things, you know. But what I've learned is I had a... Um, my director for masters, mm-hmm. my third year, Pastor okay. Wayne. 
He said, love God and love people. And I said, okay, what does that mean? He's like, love God and love people. He said, there's no clause after that. There's no but if they hurt you, but if they talk about you, but if they are being defiant, but there's no but after it. It's love God and love people. Hmm. Irregardless, not irregardless, that's not a word. (laughs) Regardless of if they hurt you or if they slander you or if they are just defiant they just don't want to cooperate if they just don't want to submit to jesus just love them just love them and when you do that the spirit works starts Mm -hmm. working on their hearts and starts melting them and molding them and then they finally usually do submit to the lord and they submit their personal agenda instead of the you know they're not operating under god's agenda they're operating under their own and so i think the biggest thing is people because i'm an introvert Mm -hmm. you never would have guessed that but i am um i so i internalize a lot of things and so I don't like for people to be mad at me. I don't like confrontation. I don't, mm-hmm. you know, like I don't like those things. And so I don't think no one does, but some people yeah. handle it better. I just, it just really tears me up. I mean, where I can't eat. I mean, I'm I mean, not, just I'm really, not the same way. yeah, it really yeah. tears me up. And so I just have to go and I just have to give it to the Lord constantly. Like, God, I'm blessed here though. I have an awesome <laughs> team. I don't have to deal with that mess. Like, yeah. Jesus is good. But I've been in a part of times where it's been very difficult with people. and But I just, the constant reminder of Pastor Wayne saying, love God and love people. No matter how much they treat you badly, no matter what they say about you or how against they're fighting, just love them. Just love them. And when that start, when you love them out of a genuine place, then the Lord starts moving in their heart and softens them. And they realize, and they'll come back and they'll apologize. Mm -hmm. And they do. And the Lord convicts them, and they change. And they always say, what can I learn from this? Don't do it again. Just submit (laughs) your will to Jesus' will, and you won't have these problems, the constant drama. I really like that. That's just such a great way to just, it's the best way, in my opinion, to do people. Just love. Just love them. Straight love. Yeah. I mean, I have when I was in youth ministry, I had parents cuss me out. What? Yeah. <laughs> and um, just love them. And they'll come back and they'll apologize and like, I'm sorry, I was in the wrong. You know, like, thank you for your wisdom. Like, you guys, and they will always say, like, you guys are young, but y'all are full of wisdom. Like, we rely on the Holy Spirit. We rely on Jesus. Because we couldn't do this on our own. Mm-hmm. And so just love them through it. They'll see, they'll come back years later and they're like, you made such the biggest impact on my life. And I'm like, really because I thought you hated me (laughs) you know what I mean like but you just showed him Jesus and when you do that when you just love him it changes everything because then they don't walk away hurt Mm -hmm. they don't walk away with church hurt yeah you know they walk away saying I was the one that caused all this and I'm sorry you know and Jesus just changes their heart yeah good stuff so last question Mm -hmm. this is my favorite question of the whole podcast I've gotten such such great answers on this mm-hmm. and I know you'll give me another one too okay. <laughs> so the question is if you had to give anyone any piece of advice whether pertaining to ministry. life in general or mm-hmm. ministry and it always connects what would it be any solid solid piece of advice 
cultivate a life of worship. All right. Worship's more than that stage. Yes. It's a life. You mm-hmm. cultivate a life of worship with your personal relationship with Jesus, with your marriage, with your children, mm-hmm. with your finances, with your time. And it brings me back to the scripture. Let me pull it up real fast. I think it's Colossians 3. Yeah, it's Colossians 3.23. And it says, "What in whatever you do, do it heartily as to the Lord and not to men. Knowing that from the Lord you will receive the reward of the inheritance, for you serve the Lord Christ. So whatever you do, do it heartily as unto the Lord and not to men. And so a lot of people ask me, like, well, what do you mean by, like, you know, living and cultivating a life of worship? And I'm like, well, your personal relationship with Jesus, you have to cultivate your life of worship during your personal time. Mm-hmm. You know, whether it's reading your word or worshiping and in song. Um going about your day with your words, how are you worshiping him? Um, Cultivating a life of worship in your marriage, being faithful, being loyal, honoring your spouse in word, um, praying over them, speaking life to them, building them up instead of tearing them down. Mm -hmm. Same with children, teaching them how to worship, um, teaching them about Jesus. And with your finances, it's like with your tithe, You know, going beyond your tithe, giving offering to missions. You know, like you're cultivating. Basically, you know, when we say surrender your whole life to Jesus, that's cultivating a life of worship. You're surrendering every part, even your time. Like, and a lot of people are like, what? Your time? Yeah. Your time is Jesus' time. And one of the pastors that used to be a pastor here, Pastor Craig, I'll never forget this. And it made an impression on me because I was young. Like, mm-hmm. I was 17. Like, 17, 18. It might have been 18 at this time. Yeah. And he had called us in for a meeting, like a staff meeting, into his office. And I was 10 minutes late. And what he told me convicted me. Mm. Convicted me. And that's where I got this verse, Colossians 3.23. It's like, do everything into the Lord and not to men. Heartily, like, with everything you have. is because he was like, you, this is Jesus' time. And you were late. Mm. He says, and he went to that verse. He went to uh-huh. Colossians three twenty three. He says, "Do everything unto the Lord." So when you were, but that's why I'm like a stickler with time now. Like yeah. I'm like early. Yeah. Like I'm just like because it convicted me. And he's like, "Do everything unto the Lord." And that's like with your job, everything. I mean, like when you're working, your work ethic is unto the Lord. You know, like cultivating a life of worship, every area of your life, like every area. And it's hard because we have areas of our life that it's a struggle. You know, like. For a while, like, time like that, arriving late or not showing up on time or whatever it was, I wasn't good at it. But I just started practicing it and cultivating the awful worship that God helped me. And that's the same thing, like, with fitness, like, keeping your body in check with your temple. Like, I've had to learn that, you know, like, and just cultivating a life of worship. What I put in my body, is it is it honoring the temple of God or is it tearing down the temple of God, you know, and... Every year of your life, it's Jesus. You are Jesus's. Like, you are yeah. his vessel. And so you have to cultivate a life of worship. And it's beyond just the music. It's beyond just the sanctuary. It's beyond Sunday and Wednesday. It's every day, every minute, every hour, every second. You are cultivating a life for Jesus. You're doing everything unto the Lord and not, to the, not, to, not for man. So you have to cultivate a life of worship. 
I really love that answer. That's, <laughs> I love that. That is such great advice. Um, thank you so much for everything that you've put into this episode and this podcast. I really do appreciate it. Such great wisdom from you. Thank you. And again, before I close this out, I just want to say thank you again for everything that you've instilled in me during my time here. It's like, I mean, before I started coming to this church, I was just kid in high school, just trying to be a good student, get good grades, play guitar, all that stuff, learning how to play. Not really knowing your purpose yet. <laughs> yeah. And then I come here and then... Like, okay, you're going to do this. You're going to be a leader <laughs> in youth. You're going <laughs> to... Everything just started just... Clicking, man. It just started mm-hmm. going. Mm-hmm. And from what I've gotten here, I've been able to take with me to... I'm in Columbus, Georgia now, ministry school, yeah. um, Columbus Leadership Campus. Mm-hmm. And everything I've gotten here, I've been able to take there and use mm-hmm. it there. And again, worship, you guys helped me build up my guitar, my gift. Mm-hmm. And now I'm there under different worship leadership. Yeah. And you, our worship pastor there is Rachel Moreway. So yeah. I've gotten chance to work with such other great people yeah and i can take what they've taught me there and i can bring it here yeah and i've been to different churches around georgia i've done camps yeah i've gone to puerto rico i've gone to ecuador yeah playing guitar doing worship and all of that stuff for me started here yeah it was because everything all of y'all instilled in me and now here i am doing this such an honor to see you living out what God has called you to do mm-hmm. and it's it's so encouraging because sometimes it's like man are we making a difference you know do you ever have those moments in ministry mm-hmm. like man am I making a difference and am, am I really doing what you're supposed to like what you call me to do God and then it's like those moments when I see you come home from leadership college and I was like that's why I do ministry is for Joshua Barnhill because we're going to have multiple Joshua Barnhills because we said yes, mm-hmm. you know? And so don't forget that, you know, like you are making a difference. Even in ministry school, the people that are around you and that you are mentoring and that you're seeing, you're going to create more Joshua Barnhills mm-hmm. that are going to go out and do incredible things for the Lord. And all started because you said yes. Yeah. Man. So... Again, thank you so much for all of this. Yes. I really appreciate it. Thank we you for your time. We appreciate you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and um, you said something about the, the whole time thing when you brought that up. Yeah. Got to be, so I was like, I was like three, four minutes late showing up to this. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. And, like, yeah, I know I it is like convicting. Yeah. That's why I'm like, I can never be late again to anything. And if I am, I'm like freaking out and I'm like apologizing to everybody. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Even if I'm a minute late, I'm like, I'm so sorry. I'm like, Lord, please forgive me. Like, this is your time and I'm sorry. And I just, it's just, it's crazy. Like, it's a part of worship. Like, it's God's time. And so I'm going to make sure that I'm a good steward of his time. Mm -hmm. And then you brought up one more thing that kind of got to me. (laughs) I I really love this. You brought up, you said when you were 14, you were at camp and that's when God called you into worship leadership. Uh Uh-huh. If you're a pastor or a student who's listening to this right now, take your kids to camp. Yes. Please. It's so vital. You don't understand. There's been so many people, like even my friends that are even around my age, like they 
received the calling of Jesus Christ upon their life. They submitted their life to Jesus at camp. They received the baptism of the Holy Spirit at camp. They were called to ministry at camp. Yes. It is so important because it takes them out of everyday life mm -hmm. and it gives them opportunity to be away with Jesus without technology and without all this social media. It allows them to focus on Jesus and Jesus wrecks them. Take them to camp. Please. I think, Take them. I don't know how other camps work, but I think ours is in a pretty great location. Georgia District is awesome camps. And yes. the fire of God always moves. And they need to go. They need to experience the Holy Spirit. Yes. They need to step out aside. They need to see that other youth are worshiping and love Jesus. Mm -hmm. And beyond their town... Because not everybody, it's not a great example all the time around you, you know? I mean, yeah. coming from high school when I was here, it, there was a lot of, I'm a Christian, but they weren't living it. Mm -hmm. But when I went to camp, those kids were living it, you, you know? It. And I yeah. saw it, and I'm like, this is real. Like, these people aren't fake. Like, they're experiencing Jesus. They're having encounters with Jesus. Like, the Holy Spirit is moving. Like, I received the baptism of the Holy Spirit at kids' camp. Mm. I was kids like, camp. I was like nine or ten. Yeah. I received the baptism right. of the Holy Spirit. And so it is vital. Like even if you're a kid listening to this, go to kids camp. Yes. You know, go to kids camp. Get founded and rooted in the word of God and in the spirit. And I'm telling you, you will go places. If you submit to him, you will go places that will blow your mind. Yeah. Blow your mind. I'm, I'm doing that Yes. Now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well. Again, thank you for your time. Thank you for all of this. Guys, thank you for listening. Yes. Um, I said this in the previous episode last week that this week's episode was going to be the last one for a couple months. So stay tuned until the next episode. Everything will be better. Everything will be new. Everything will be fresh. I'll have more people to sit down and talk with, get to hear different stories, new stories, new advice. New wisdom, new everything. Guys, thank you so much. See you next time.